Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowder from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A gospel reading from the 21st chapter of John. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples, but See you, Tiberius, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered here together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana, and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. The disciple who Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in from the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for there were not far from land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of your fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though they were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Six months ago or so, we had some discussions about planning today's speaker. I was supposed to be at a training in Duluth this weekend for the National Guard as a chaplain, and as I'm learning quickly, those plans can often change, so here I am. But the speaker that we arranged for today is Monica Jones, and so the two of us had a conversation on Wednesday And she works with Cherish All Children, one of the organizations that we've worked with in the past. Uh, She specifically focuses on child uh, sexual exploitation and human trafficking. And I kind of pose this with the question from our our gospel today, how Jesus is able to reappear to his disciples, and and they're doing things one way, and he's able to kind of redirect them. And all of a sudden, things work a little bit more when we have Jesus in our lives, right? Monica's leadership today, I think, is going to really help us reframe some of the conversations that we need to have. And one of the powerful lines that she says is, you know, she's invited into conversations that churches normally aren't having. And so we thank Monica for her leadership and for her message that she's able to share with us this morning. Grace and peace to you, my brothers and sisters in faith. Well, I am sitting next to Monica Jones. We're so grateful to have you here with us today. Monica, thank you very much for being here. You're from LSS uh, on behalf of Cherish All Children. And so we've had some representatives. uh, Joy McElroy was here in February. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what you do and uh, a little bit more about your role with Cherish All Children. Sure. So uh, my name is Monica Jones, and I am the youth coordinator for Cherish All Children. And my role is to um, work with um, congregations and community to um, talk about 
the issue of um, youth sexual exploitation, um, also known as sex trafficking. Um, so our goal is to um, provide education to community and churches um, so that um, we can help with prevention. What are some of the tactics that you've that you're helping raise awareness to, especially with kids? So, um, so right now, the biggest the biggest thing is um, online. Um, yeah. uh, there are so many different platforms and so many different apps and so many different ways that um, predators are, um, are, are having access to that are um, luring children and young people in. Here's one of the things that, that I would say. Like, as parents... Um, there might be some shock when we hear like if our kids or you know like older teens are starting to send maybe inappropriate pictures and things yeah. like that. Is that something you're dealing with and talking about? I talk to young people basically about uh, if you are okay, let's say if they're okay showing Pastor John this picture, then send it. You know, uh, if it's not something that Pastor John or your parents or something that you... Um, would be comfortable with the whole school seeing because uh, yeah. essentially that's what happens. It's yeah. Once one person gets it, it's forwarded and it's blasted all over. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just travels. Um, so if you're comfortable They're with that... They're taking screen prints of this stuff, right? So right. if you're like, oh yeah, this it just deletes, that's no. not how this works anymore. Right. So yeah. Snapchat, your story can last for 24 hours, but you can also save it and somebody else Copy. can use another phone and record it. Yeah. So we just really want to be careful about what it is that we're putting out there. I want to share this example with you, Pastor John. So say if um, you, you have a child um, and your child gets a picture and they show you and you send it to another parent Mm -hmm. and the child is a minor, you then put yourself at risk of, you know, um, child pornography. I just sent something. Exactly. Yes. So we want to be careful. And the intent wasn't to do that. Your intent was to notify this other parent um, that this is what you found. But in the eyes of a law, um, you're sharing, you're sharing something illegal. You're sharing something illegal. Onlineness. So mm-hmm. I know this isn't just about sexual sexual exploitation. Uh, there's a whole lot of online bullying that's happening right now. Uh, certainly within, we're hearing this within the Asian community, but I, I'm also down. My kids are in the White Bear Lake School District, and so there was this uh, this in the last couple of weeks. There's this student who was. Uh, texting racial uh, slurs and and this really started a just a conversation within our whole community about like how how is this able to happen uh, and we see this online bullying happening and it's it's scary stuff like mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you would recommend so there's um, there's a couple of ways that, and suggestions that I would uh, offer up um, uh, depending on the age of the child, where's the location of um, the internet and the computer being used? Uh, and also passwords. Are we monitoring and we sharing passwords with um, our young people? I think that um, that they can have some level of privacy, but there also should be some monitoring um, that happens um, b- because of those things. Yeah. You know, um, that, that free time and that um, trust that uh, we're building, but also um, there's others who do things. So 
Um, it might not be your child who's doing the racial slurring, but they could be watching it. And if you are, are observing or um, monitoring their social media, um, those are things that you could catch early on to have those conversations and help them report it in a, in a safe way. So. I, I, I'm really glad you, you bring that up because I think so often we we think that our values are so j- just automatically transferred to our kids, right? And and like, <laughs> oh, my kid would never say that, or my kid would never do that, or my kid would never text that. But but here we're seeing it so much right now. Oh my gosh, yes. Our gospel lesson is about Jesus, and he's uh, he's reappearing after the resurrection, and the and the disciples are are off catching fish. There's this metaphor now of like the disciples are being tasked with continuing God's mission out into the world. I'd love to hear your your sense of of call. Like, where do you see God at work in what you are doing, especially with Cherish All Children, and in your ministry in your life? This typically isn't a conversation that um, church church folk, as I say, <laughs> church folk would have. Um, so I am being tasked to have some of these challenging conversations and introducing it to churches. Um, you know, me and Joy um, talk to churches about um, safety policies and just coming up with, you know, um, a policy within the church that um, most people wouldn't even think about doing or most people would say that not at my church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think that, you know, um, as, a, um, as I walk with um, what, um, what I've learned and how I show up um, um, godly um, is, to, um, is to have conversations that are typically um, not easy to have um, and okay for me to poke I, I think this is a, a good time for us to make a little pivot to, towards another thing that's weighing on a lot of our hearts right now. Right now, we know there's a lot going on in our world. Um, Dante Wright uh, is certainly on a lot of our hearts as yeah. we, we saw what happened. And, and so our own eyes are witnessing this within within our own communities here. Yeah. Uh, these are not easy con- conversations to have just in general. And I, I'll just honestly admit that when I see or when I'm hearing conversations, people are quick to go to extreme positions and people are quick to like make judgments and well, they're open and closed case like, oh, well, this is what happened and this is my judgment and I go right to whatever. Right. How do you, how would you help us, especially in our congregation? Uh, we've got people who are listening today who, right. who the, these are important con- conversations for us to have. Like, what do we do with what's happening with the Derek Chauvin trial. What do we do with what happened to Dante uh, Wright? What do we what do we do to have some of these healthy conversations that that can allow room for openness and understanding and some active listening? I, I would love to hear some of your your thoughts on this. You know, um, when there, I have lots of suggestions, um, but when I come back to to anything, I think about. Um, Jesus is love. You know, uh, how are we showing up for our neighbors open heartedly, um, no judgment? How are we, how are we showing love? Um, you know, um, I think that we have to, we have to start by listening and learning from one another. Um, 
it, 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 we're not going to go anywhere by arguing and pointing the finger. Um, uh, we really need to expect, uh, respect each other's opinion, and we really need to be open to learning and listening. There, a comment is not needed <laughs> um, off of everything that that you see or hear. Um, you need to just listen to um, what we are feeling, and I'm saying we because mm-hmm. I am obviously a, a, a black person, a black woman. So if I'm saying something to you um, that is affecting my community and um, what it is that we are encountering every day, um, you just need to listen. I don't, I don't need you to say, but Monica, if you would have put on your seatbelt, but Monica, if, if you would have paid that ticket, you know, um, there's no buts. There is just listening and how can we fix? How can we help? How can we support you in making this right? What can we do as a community um, to help? Um, how are you doing? Um, you know, honestly, it took a lot for me to come here today and um, to talk about sexual exploitation. It's an important subject to me, uh, but but as a person um, that wakes up black every day, and we we get we get no rest because I I still have to show up, I still have to do my job. And I still have to face this trauma, and I and I'm forced to push it because if if I didn't wake up to do my job today, you know, who's taking care of me and and what's next um, for me? So we're just faced with so much um, on top of when we leave the door because of the color of our skin, and. And until this, until we get justice, until we're equal, um, it's going to constantly be hard for us, and it's going to constantly uh, hurt. So I'm not, I'm not doing okay, um, but I'm forced to, to do. I'm forced to get up and smile um, and, and do the work. Uh, I'm even more forced to. Um, be an advocate for my community um, because if I don't, then who? If you don't, like you're in charge of this <laughs> of this congregation. Yeah. If you don't, then who? I appreciate our partnership and would hope that as more opportunities arise for us to be able to say, look, God's calling us into this, mm-hmm. that that we can continue to do that. I don't want to put you on the spot and say, do this or do this, because I think oftentimes it's a prescriptive thing. Like, well, if you can just do this, it's going to solve this. It seems like it's systemically there is so much. Yeah. So. Well, where are you starting at? Yeah. You got to start. There is so much. But where are you starting at? What are are your actions behind after today, after I leave this place? You can pray, 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 pray all day long. You guys can offer a prayer. You can donate. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can bring stuff, um, diapers and food. But after all of that, 
what's your action? What what are you doing different? How are you being an ally? Are you interrupting things that are not right? Are you showing up in that in that way? You know, yeah. I, I think that that's where you have to start, and what do you have to think? And uh, I'm going to challenge you: Do you have a policy? Do you have an anti-racist policy for Faith Lutheran? Okay. Do you not have it? If you don't have it, can you start there? We, How do you? We st- have a group that is working on that right now, and I, I would say that one of the things our congregation is is working at is we know that we have people across that spectrum where this is you know people might be listening today and this is the first you know like wow this this is a direct challenge to them someone someone's hearing this today and they're like man I can't be complacent I can't be complicit anymore and I know we also have people who are like I'm I'm raring to go and I've already been doing this this and this and I've been breaking those people have been actively breaking those cycles on social media and they're like no they're calling that out Mm -hmm. and and I want the people who are hearing that to know keep that up and then keep encouraging others and then let's let's go and your challenge I think is one that that our leadership and, and our church will will take and we will put this into action action yeah so that those are my thoughts and those are my recommendations and continue to invite people that look like me um, continue to partner with um, other churches other communities we're so grateful that you came today. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you for um, inviting me into your home. Yeah. Um, thank you for entering our homes. Yeah. Father God, I just want to thank you for waking us up this morning um, and giving us the strength to make it through another day. God, I just ask for you to um, bring peace and love in our community. Uh, Father, I ask that you you just rain down on Dante Wright's family um, and you, you just keep supporting and offering comfort to his mom and his dad and his junior, um, Dante Wright Jr. Lord, I ask you to just help us, guide us on what's next we don't know what to do Lord but you know how to fix this you know how to put the people in position to make things right to help us to guide us Lord I just ask that you continue to bless us and help us through this tragedy and continue to give us love when we when we don't often feel loved. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Really grateful for Monica. Uh, and just knowing, I've been thinking about this all week and, and I've been listening. I've been, I've been obviously challenged. And how last weekend, I was, I was actually at Camp Ripley serving as a chaplain for the National Guard as some of my fellow citizens were about to be deployed, not overseas, but into state active duty as the Derek Chauvin trial comes to a close. And my commander made a point that day. You know, he's briefing all of us, and he's, he's reminding everyone who's being called into state active duty that they're being called into an event, that citizens of our community are being called 
to keep the peace with citizens of our community who are organizing in protected protest. And this reminder of accountability and expectations and a reminder of what we're called to do. I think Monica gave us a great clue as what to what the church is all about in this time, that this is our time to confess when we fall short, that we are indeed sinners, and also to remember what Christ is telling us. You know, like disciples, this is what you're supposed to do. Time after time, day after day, moment after moment, to step into those moments to follow Christ's example. I am a sinner. So are you. We have much to learn. And grow from. But I vow to speak up. I vow to keep interrupting those conversations. I vow to fulfill Monica's wishes and know that collectively, together, we can be allies with our neighbors. Thank you, Faith, for being that church that hears that message and spreads that message and leads by example. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.